Hey, y'all. Welcome to Fast Facts for Gen Z. I'm your host, Callie, and I don't know anything about anything. Come with me on my exploration of the world, and I'll tell you everything you ever and never wanted to know through the eyes of Gen Z. Today's episode is somewhat of a continuation of episode 10, AP Classes and Why College Board is My Sworn Nemesis, and is also related to episode 30, The Gifted Kid Mindset and Educational Trauma. Today, though, I'm joined by my friend Hallie Borowski. Hey, Hallie. Hello. Can you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, hi, guys. My name is Hallie Borowski. Like Hallie said, I'm her friend. I've known Callie since kindergarten, and now we are seniors, so <laughs> a long time. So today we're mostly planning on talking about testing and the ways that schools judge intelligence and learning. And because I know that at least one of my teachers is listening to this, I want to put out a quick disclaimer that this is a problem of the system and we don't blame individuals for it. But there are things individuals can do that make the problem better, and we'll get there. Hallie, I'm not sure if you know this, but a significant chunk of my audience has not been in school for quite some time. Uh, <laughs> so I was wondering if you'd describe what testing is like these days. So I guess in terms of classroom-based testing, I'd say we take them pretty often. In most of my classes, it, it tends to be maybe one test per week or every two weeks. Mm -hmm. It does have a pretty significant weight on grade. It depends on what class you're in and how your teacher weights it, but it is a pretty significant amount of where your grade is coming from is the test. And then at the end of the course, you usually have an exam, and an exam is worth 20% of your entire grade. Those are also pretty significant chunks of your grade. So mm -hmm. most of most of what you're getting as a reflection of your time in the class is a test grade. Mm -hmm. When you're looking forward to applying to college, you do have to take a big, almost summative test. Mm -hmm. And those are known as the ACT or SAT. And then mm -hmm. if you're going into the workforce, you have individual tests for that. Mm -hmm. And those are also very big indicators for colleges of like where your intelligence level lies almost. So those are the ACT and SAT. You and I have both survived many years of schooling, and I have done it being pretty comfortable with this format of test taking. I know a lot of people can't say the same. I mean, it requires you to focus in silence for very long amounts of time, sometimes four, five, six hours straight, with silent breaks only to stand and get water every hour or so. For people still learning English, it's always a toss-up whether a test will have a version in their first language or whether there will be a translator available. Hallie, does this format of testing work for you the way it does for me, or have you had a different experience? I've definitely had a different experience. I actually have an eye condition called anisocoria, so one of my pupils lets in more light than the other. And because I didn't know that I had this condition until around second grade, um, I actually missed all the foundations of learning oh, English no. and, and how to read. <laughs> so um, mm. I actually wasn't fluent in reading until fifth grade, and so that was a really big deal for testing. Oh, yeah. Because... I mean, like, how are you supposed to <laughs> right? read a test if you can't read? Yeah, so I was actually... I was really good at the math portions because I could look at the numbers. <laughs> I could look at the numbers and be like, oh, okay. No, like word problems couldn't do those. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time trying to read the passages. Mm. I definitely have a different experience in terms of test taking, especially foundational tests, like the end of grade tests. Mm. Used to do pretty poorly on those. <laughs> That's like three straight hours of just reading. Exactly. And it if was... your eyes cannot perceive oh, the gosh. words. 
it was terrible i mean i was just like looking around like how does everybody know what they're doing oh like, no I, I don't know what's going on i can't see so, it <laughs> right oh dear um so because of that I, ha- I had a special accommodation to like you know like go sit in a separate room and then like, i guess for a couple of tests now i think about it in like elementary school i was uh, permitted like a reader for like math tests if they had reading questions because they were like oh that's not an un- that's not a fair test of her math skill then that's like reading mm-hmm. i definitely have had like a love-hate relationship with tests i'm not a very good test taker as it is mm-hmm. and then after i learned how to read um, <laughs> i'm just a slow reader so that's definitely been a, a weird experience for me and then like mm-hmm. going into middle school i didn't want the special accommodations because it made me feel weird not mm-hmm. that i have anything against like going into another room or stuff i don't know i just felt like i had an unfair advantage to the test uh, yeah, which i know isn't true but. that's <laughs> yeah i i understand where you're coming from i feel like if i were in that position i would feel somewhat singled out but also that like if you don't know what it's like to not need those accommodations you might not perceive yourself as needing them if that makes mm-hmm. sense if you're like no oh, no this is fine and this is and i'm this is how everyone feels it so why do i get this when right. this is completely normal. No, that's definitely like after I learned to read, I was like, all right, well, I'm done with that. Yes, I can read now and everything's normal and fine. <laughs> right, right. Were those accommodations helpful to you? Definitely in the beginning. Like I remember in elementary school being really grateful for like people who were able to sit in a room with me because I, I used to like have really bad anxiety as well. So like mm-hmm. freak out a little bit every time we had a test because I was like, oh, I can't read. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, so that's they're... kind of warranted anxiety, I would say. Right. So those were good accommodations to have. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of them because I think that's why I started to get the hang of things going into middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, after probably sixth grade, I stopped having accommodations because like, of my own will. They asked me if I wanted them and I said no. Mm-hmm. I was I wouldn't say ashamed. I was just like, oh, gosh, like everybody can read. All my friends can read because, you know, you, you have always been smart. All of our friends have been smart. So. Yeah, that's true. We have had a yeah. pretty intelligent friend group. Yeah, I guess I just kept it to myself. I honestly didn't think about it much until starting to apply to colleges and talking mm. about my grades and interviews. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I took the SAT in seventh grade and it was for some academic program I didn't end up doing. And I was miserable the entire time, right? We were 12. Yeah, I took it too. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't advocate for myself like this then, but I'll say it now. Very few 12-year-olds can sit completely silent and still through five straight hours of a test meant for people four grade levels above. Like, even if they've mm-hmm. been labeled as gifted by the school, which is why we were taking this test. I didn't have access yeah, to a yeah. graphing calculator, Hallie. I couldn't have done oh, some of I the know. problems if I knew how. No, I had to ask before I took it. You know, obviously, high school math has a lot of functions. I was like, what does the F mean? And my teacher was like, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> like, good <boy>. luck. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. no, I totally feel you. And I definitely um, had a, a huge issue trying to stay still. I mean, it was really hard. I was just sitting there almost like hopeless. I was like, well, I don't know how to do any of this. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Did you take the SAT in high school? I was more an ACT person. So I took the ACT twice and I've taken the SAT once and nice. the PSAT once. I took, oh. I was going to take the SAT, but then pandemic. So I didn't take the SAT. Oh. If you can look back on your SAT experience in high school and in seventh grade, mm-hmm. how was that different? Okay. Or the uh, same? Well, yeah, there's a little bit of both. Um, in terms of difference, I definitely felt 
more matured to be able to sit still and like not freak out just like okay Hallie like you can do this do your best if you don't know the question just either move on or put an answer that you think is like 50 50 shot and then I also felt more prepared content wise like it was stuff that I've seen throughout all of my high school experience like it wasn't mm-hmm. like when I was in seventh grade and I was like oh never seen a function before <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I felt more confident I guess I kind of was in the same boat of like, I don't really want to take this test, but I was asked to take this test. There's no option to not take it in my, mm-hmm. in my experience. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to take it and try my best at mm-hmm. it. Um, but I wasn't really holding out for like <laughs> anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The point of this topic isn't to be like, don't give the SAT to children. Like that's, <laughs> un- that's unusual. Like people don't give the SAT to children. This is an, an unusual thing. Yeah. But the point is that like, feels useless oh i agree i (laughs) never did anything with that score (laughs) (laughs) everyone in the school had to take the act like we all did it at once we all did it together it was a whole day Mm -hmm. we had to do it and so taking the sat feels a little bit useless some people are better at the sat than the act but like why do you think that is maybe because tests are dumb anyway i I can't read so (laughs) that's why i'm better at the act (laughs) have you heard talk about removing the sat altogether um i actually have uh a lot of it comes from my mom obviously she's a college recruiter so Mm -hmm and an admissions officer. So I do hear pretty often about changes that they're making to that or to Common App, like College Board in general. It's minimal, but I have heard minimal talk of removing the SAT because the ACT covers um, most of the same stuff with the addition of the topic of science. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have moved away from it. I guess we'll see what happens with that in the future. In terms of testing in general, Mm -hmm. I'd like to say that they're starting to move away from weight on testing, but Mm -hmm. I I honestly don't think that that is 100% true for everybody. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have an opinion on whether or not they should remove the SAT? I mean, for sure for, like, middle schoolers. Like, that was such, like, a terrible, like, traumatizing, like, oh my gosh, I can't go to high school, I don't know how to do this. Well, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, That was a special situation. Uh, but in terms of re- <laughs> removing it from high school curriculum and stuff like that, like, teaching to do well on the SAT, I guess, I I would agree that I feel like two tests are unnecessary. I think for some people the option is, is nice, if they're especially, like, adverse to science like they really don't want to take that Mm -hmm. but I mean I personally believe that testing is a not a good way of showing somebody's intelligence level or what Mm -hmm. sort of curriculum they've been learning because obviously coming from somebody like me who couldn't read I was a smart kid like I I moved up grades and stuff but my test scores never reflected that yeah yeah I mean I I've had varying experiences with like grades and stuff I've never Mm -hmm. been one to I've never been one to have like test anxiety or Mm -hmm. Or be worried about a grade that was lower than I wanted. And I, I attribute that to uh, my parents mostly. That like they didn't freak out about that. And so I didn't freak out about that. Mm-hmm. But I, I also have seen like in classes where I feel like I'm doing super well. And like I understand great. I'll get a garbage grade on a test. And I'll mm-hmm. be like, I don't, okay, why? Yeah. It, that doesn't reflect how much I'm actually understanding of this course. And how much I... I'm engaging with this course. And then there will be classes that I, in which I like am really struggling and it doesn't engage me at all. And then I'll take a test and I'll get like a hundred and I'll be like, yeah. how? Yes. I feel what? you. My classes seem the exact same. I'll be taking a test for one of my classes that I 
don't necessarily have affinity for like I'm not a big I don't have a big interest in it and then I'm like fine on the test but then in the classes that I really work hard for I'm like why is this this is not reflective of all the work that I've put in yeah definitely it's not reflective of work it's not an accurate reflection of how much a student understands and like Mm -hmm. I think teachers in classrooms use it to judge like how much the student understood of the unit or Mm -hmm. like how well the teacher taught it especially in AP classes because of how fast we have to move oftentimes we'll take a test and then move on to the next unit the very next day and Mm -hmm. we won't have time to reflect so the teacher will like get the test scores and be like ah yes this student who got a 66 on this test (coughs) me (laughs) clearly did not understand this unit oh well moving on to the next one I guess right there's just nothing you take it you get a number it goes off into the void you never see it again. You, right. The students don't get anything out of it. The, the teachers may understand, hmm, I will have to make this better for next year. But that doesn't help the right mm-hmm. now. And right. then your student has a failing grade in the class. Right. No, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think it's hard because you want to have an equal like an equal way for everybody to show what they know. And so I guess the easiest way to do that is taking a test because it's the same for every single person. Mm -hmm. But again, I agree that it's subjective and that their needs, I get that like teachers are on a struggle bus of trying to get all the content and buy an exam, which again, exams are teachers are (laughs) on a different, uh, are are struggling with slightly different uh, parameters than other teachers. Teachers who design their own curriculums Do you get a little Mm -hmm. bit more freedom than teachers who have to uh, kneel at the feet of College Board? (laughs) Right. So I I definitely get that. But I 100% agree that like in the majority of my classes, you take a test, you get your grade, you move on. Like there's Mm -hmm. no discussion of like how you could have done better, what happened here. Mm -hmm. Um, And not even how you could have done better. Like what didn't you understand about the unit? Right. What no, and, can you yeah. what can I do to help you learn more of this? Right. And maybe like a way to combat that. I know in some of my classes we do like after unit polls mm-hmm. and I do find that helpful where I can anonymously chat my teacher and be like, Okay, so clearly the test this portion didn't go well for me and I think this is why and this mm-hmm. is what I would like to go over moving on or before the exam or something like that. Yeah, and oftentimes what I'll run into in tests is that I know the content, but I just got confused. It's not that I don't understand it in my brain. It's mm-hmm. just that I got it wrong. No, I. that's like my whole life. You like don't even know. <laughs> I know. And that's really hard to describe. I, spe- I found that it's very difficult to describe to my parents because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they grew up in this testing environment too, but their perception is like well how else am I supposed to know what you understand and don't understand you got it wrong that means you don't understand it and I'm like well exactly (laughs) that's not necessarily the whole story yeah no I'm totally with you especially coming from my parents they're both also extraordinarily smart like Mm -hmm. it is I it's very hard to describe to them like listen like I knew what I was doing I wrote down the wrong number or like I knew what I was doing I just when I read it it I hadn't seen anything like it before Mm -hmm. so it threw me off and I did the wrong formula or something like that so Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, there's yeah. there's the angle of like, well, if you are worried about getting confused, like, why don't you just check over your work? And I'm like, well, what's stopping With me from getting time? confused twice? A. <laughs> right. B. It comes back to the true test of attention and focus that mm-hmm. test taking is. I have been known to rush through tests because I cannot sit there and look at it for longer than like half an hour at a time. So I got to yeah. zoom. <laughs> I gotta get the answers in before I my brain just disappears into nothingness. Yeah. Sometimes I knocked it out. Sometimes I just left a wake of 
confusion and wrong answers behind me. Yeah, I guess I have a different perspective on that because my brain works a different way. Like I sit down and I'm like, okay, Hallie, like you're taking this test. This is what's going to happen. Like if you don't know a question, you move on, you come back. So I usually, Mm. I, and again, I'm a slow reader. So I usually spend a significant amount of the time given on taking the test. And that being said, there's not a lot of time for me to go back, but Mm. that's because I spend a lot of time on each question. Like, okay, do I really know what I'm doing? Do I not know what I'm doing? And I don't know if that's necessarily like the best for my mental health of taking tests because I'm like, oh gosh, like I've put my whole soul into this test. And if I get back a bad grade, like that's not my brain is just like, okay, like you've really put everything you know into it. So like if you're getting back a a raw score, that's not great. Like that just reflects that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something I'm, I'm noticing in listening to both of us is that we approach and experience testing in in very different ways. And mm-hmm. both are decidedly unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> neither of them For work. Sure. Neither of them are good. We we don't like them. And something yeah. I've been struggling with recently with this debate running around in my head is that like I worry about being perceived like I'm making excuses. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just did bad on the test because I can't go back and check my work. I don't have the intent. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just can't, I just can't do it. Something I have been working on with myself is breaking down that, that mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. Something I have written on a sticky note on my desk is uh, making choices that make your life easier does not make you lazy. (laughs) Like it's not selfish or lazy to want your life to be better. Yeah, no, that's (laughs) definitely that. I mean, that speaks mountains because that's something that I need to take into consideration because what I, I feel you like, a test is not going to make or break your whole life. Like make your make it easier. Like work work smarter, not harder, for sure. Because I'm so burnt out from just expending my whole energy into every single test that I take, and then just getting that bad grade and feeling like, oh my gosh, like I really don't understand what I'm doing. Like it's just so disheartening. And then my parents are mm-hmm. confused as to why I did so bad if I spent so long studying. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with you that like you're not being lazy. You're taking pity on your I mean not pity but like you're having mercy on yourself you're trying to survive right there's not anything else you can do that's just the nature of taking a test right and I it's this conversation sounds so dramatic but it it, I feel like it's worth the drama everybody hates taking tests right and I feel like it isn't bad to be like huh this feels like it's not working right and I think it should be better than this Right. Well, and, and to a student in this day and age, I mean, testing is essentially our whole lives because... Right? I feel what, like I'm taking a test every, are, every two days. Yeah. What your grades are, are how you get into college. And your grades are reflective of all your tests. And so... Yeah. And hardly and anything we're rushing else. through it. Right. It is very difficult to be able to look at somebody's application without a test score just because it's equal for everybody. But mm-hmm. um, But it isn't. Honestly, and that's something we're starting to yeah. learn that even the test scores are not... like standardized is a strong word (laughs) right I mean because you're given the same questions but nobody's given the same education how do you know that this person has been taught this like some people do you know their own studying or yes they have a tutor so I agree that it's very equitable yeah so it's it's very difficult to figure out how to gauge that and especially like reviewing um from a college admission standpoint i've been talking to my mom about it pretty recently obviously because i'm applying to colleges right. and i didn't submit any of my test scores because hmm. i wasn't 
proud enough of them and I didn't I wasn't able to retake because of COVID Mm -hmm. so they they weren't bad it was just like I guess maybe societal or parent pressure yeah so I definitely agree that like based on what opportunities are available to you you're definitely going to I mean even if it says it's equal it's definitely not it's so I agree that we need to move away from maybe test scores and into more like somebody could spend all of their time studying or doing extracurriculars while another person who's more disadvantaged is taking time to care for their family like that is something Mm -hmm. that is extraordinarily important to be reflected on an application or Mm -hmm. just as an individual like we shouldn't be judging people based on test scores like oh they got a blank on the SAT they must be smart like Mm -hmm. it needs to be more experience over grade Mm -hmm. yeah I hear people asking like well if we take away test scores then like how are colleges supposed to tell who's smart and I'm like well uh, I feel like we need to move away from all of that. <laughs> I feel like we need to just like completely overhaul how colleges admit students. Yeah, we need to completely I... overhaul how colleges judge students, how mm-hmm. high schools uh, build up foundational skills, how kids are told to perceive themselves. Like it, it just mm-hmm. all needs to go away. <laughs> we need something no, I new. Agree. And we cannot and honestly... fix one problem because every other problem is connected right. to it we have to fix them all and like realistically i know we can't just be like okay no more test scores mm-hmm. um <laughs> or like this is not how we're doing college anymore mm-hmm. but i think that a stepping stone for that is like if imagine if were... you, we could though oh my god uh, oh my gosh life would be amazing <laughs> i'm gonna found a college and just be like anybody <laughs> anybody you want it's free right <laughs> love that i think if students could rank like what they find most important about themselves in terms of like what they're submitting to college I think that would be such a better indication of like what does a student value what do oh they god, believe oh my god that's genius <laughs> oh my god I have to write that down oh my gosh that's so I think if, like if I were like oh shoot like my I know my extracurriculars would like are, are good and I know that I spend all my time working on this and and I just don't think that my test score are as reflective of like who I am as a person and how intelligent I am. I could be like, all right, look at my extracurriculars first, then my essay, then my letters of rec, then look at my test score. Like, so that you get a sense of who I am as a person. For now, I think that that would be such a better way to evaluate somebody's application. Here is another question for you. And I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. How much impact <laughs> do you think that parent pressure has on a student's performance in school and how they feel about that performance? So I'm going to start with a disclaimer that I love my parents and they're very supportive of everything that I do. So I don't know if pressure is necessarily the word they they understand if I do poorly on a test or if I don't like a class. I mean, they're they understand that I'm human and I can't be good at everything. In terms of pressure, I don't know if I felt that I need to get a specific score. I think it's always been support in the form of like, oh, well, you want to go to this school, so make sure that you're like keeping up your grades and taking your test seriously because we want you to be successful, but the only way for you to do that in this day and age is to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, I think there's been a lot of me lacking like a social life. Like I spent a lot of my time studying and doing work. The parental pressure is just like, we know you're smart, so why aren't you reflecting that? And it's... Mm-hmm. It's like, we want you to do well in life. We want you to go where you want to go. So we're going to be pushing you to hit that limit for yourself because that's what you want. Yeah. Another thing I've been thinking about recently is how we evaluate success and how we evaluate like what matters. 
mm-hmm. um, because apparently to be successful, you have to successful with a capital S. You have to be <laughs> um, good at school and go to a good capital G good college and <laughs> get a good job so that you can have a good life. And right. I just, what does that even mean? <laughs> Yeah. What does yeah. all of that mean? None of that has anything to do with how you feel. Right. I think a lot of the communication between schools and parents is about how to prepare your kid for the future, how to make the best child, how to keep mm-hmm. your kid on the path that you want them to be on. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, that approach to communication is a huge problem. I yeah. think that the approach needs to be much more focused on like encouraging students to find their own paths, to learn as much as they can and like mm-hmm. helping and what they're interested in. And what they're interested in. That's that's a huge one. And helping schools and parents and students all work together to help the kid make it through the school system with a at least mostly intact mental health. Yeah. I think about this problem a lot too, but I I've found myself talking about it like this already, but high school isn't a stepping stone to college, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, it's not a step to technical school or the workforce either, and college isn't a stepping stone to a good enough job or a successful future. Yeah. It's its own thing. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of teenagers, especially the ones who feel like a lot of pressure to get into the best college to get the best job, mm-hmm. I think they feel like they've missed out on a lot of high school. They've missed out on joining clubs for fun. Can you imagine joining a club for fun? <laughs> um okay well i'll talk about that in a second keep going okay they missed like joining clubs for fun hanging out with friends without stressing that they're not spending enough time working or like they've missed out on trying a new class that they might be interested in because they've had their academic pathway laid out in a google doc since seventh grade yeah (laughs) me Um, (laughs) Me too (laughs) i know it's a nightmare i i got into a horticulture class this semester and it's like totally different from anything i've ever done and it's incredible i'm bless you i'm so jealous i know (laughs) What do you what do you think about this? This like is high school a stepping stone to college? No, as a student that you were literally describing right there, <laughs> missing out on, on high school experience. Uh-huh. I can definitely say that at first going into high school, I was like, yes, like this is where I'm gonna figure out what I want to do in college. And going into college now, girl, I have no idea what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, science is cool. Did What's you have any time science? to figure it out? No, I nope. mean, and that wasn't even a conversation had. It mm-hmm. was basically on your summer break you're just supposed to like all right well you go back to school and now you know what you want to do like what what huh right so <laughs> as somebody who's also had their schedule laid out and you know we're both on the ap track i i do I feel that, that i've missed out a lot of um high school experience and to combat that i mean i've missed out i've missed out on so much sleep and like mental health oh my god um, girl i'm in what 15 clubs like it's so Wait, ridiculous what? Yeah, it was like 13 or 15 junior year, and oh then obviously I can't do them all at home because we're not having some, but sure. it's because I was like, oh, like, Hallie, you can't, you can't miss out on high school just because you want to get into a good college, so I did clubs that I thought I would like and that I was interested in with clubs that I was like, oh, like, this is probably good for college, so I just... Mm ended up instead of sacrificing just, we're like i, I guess i'll just be in all the clubs that's fine yeah and i mean and that was such a bad decision i love all the clubs i'm in junior year <laughs> i mean i averaged an average like four hours of sleep a night at most oh sometimes God, it was Hallie, all nighter so on miserable. all nighter 
Oh, I know. And then sports on top of that. I mean, sports every season. It it was a nightmare. And it was just me trying to think ahead to be like, oh, yeah, this is preparing me for college. And now that I'm looking at it, applying to schools and looking into the programs I want to do. No, it's not. I have like, nope. what? Nope. There's, there's nothing. nothing I've learned. Like, yes, I like community service. And like, yes, I like science. A teacher asked me the other day if I felt like high school had gone by fast. He didn't mean it in a philosophical way. We were just kind of we were just bantering. And yeah. he just kind of threw it out there. I think that it has, but not in like a time flies when you're having fun kind of way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of seniors right now are looking back on their high school careers and wondering where the time went, but like mm -hmm. not because it was good, but because they spent all four years with their noses to the ground. And yeah. we never took a moment to stop and be teenagers. And it doesn't I... really help that the media is full of, like, teen dramas and romances yeah. and adventures that, uh, first of all, are unrealistic anyway, but right. also represent a lot of things that we flew by in search of a perfect SAT score. You just describe my whole, like, <laughs> asking that question so often. I mean, it's a hard answer because when I'm in school, my mindset is, you're doing this day to make it to the next day, and then I keep yep. doing that. And then when I'm on weekend, this is my time to catch up, so I'm not even getting a weekend. It's just prolonged school just with no class. Right. And then it's just that mindset. And then when you get to summer, oh, there's a summer project. Got to yep. start that. So yep. you're just in school all the time. And so it's almost like you don't even know the time is flying because that's your every day for years. And then once mm -hmm. you're getting close to where that's not your every day, you're like, what happened? Yeah. And a lot of the like the like self-care media around mm -hmm. is like live in the moment. And yeah. then everything else is like, no. Once a month, I'll do a face mask and be like, you oh deserve my God. this. You're getting this for yourself. Right. Oh right. My God. While yeah. I'm doing homework, I'm like sitting with my face mask on. <laughs> I'm literally doing, doing homework with your right. face mask on. Yes, this is right. self-care. This is taking time from myself. I am exactly. rejuvenating. <laughs> exactly. I'll watch a TV show and be like, wow, this is so scandalous. <laughs> wow. I am such a rebel. I watched one episode of a TV show. Right. Amazing. And I, I can't just sit still anymore. I'm like writing my college essays, right? Watching stuff like, woo, break mm. time. Yeah, I, I'm going to tease a future episode because a, a teacher inspired me to write it. But I feel like a lot of that go, go, go energy comes from feeling guilty when you're not working. Yes. I like my whole life finished my homework at three o'clock and I don't have a fourth period. And I was uh -huh. like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I have nothing to oh my do. Gosh. You just gave me a whole like spiritual awakening. <laughs> That's my whole... <laughs> It's like actually unbelievable that you I was really worried because... about it too. I was like, no, I have yeah. to write something. I have to write a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I have oh to do gosh. something. I have That's to work. Like eye opening because every single second of my day is filled with something. And I mean, I don't even sleep enough because I'm always like, oh, the guilt. Like, I, I have to do something. It's get up, start doing your homework, go to class. During lunch, you're doing homework. Then you're done with school, doing homework. Then I'm tutoring. Then I'm doing homework. And then I'm like going to bed. And then, like, it starts again. And it's just because I, like, truly cannot fill time. I, I mean, I, I need to have everything filled. I just, oh, I feel you. I, I And it's almost like a fear of really sitting and thinking. Uh, it probably doesn't help that one and a quarter of our high school years was spent in a pandemic. Um. <laughs> Definitely doesn't help. <laughs> I had that, like, crisis last year when we, like, got out of school. For, like, two weeks, I didn't do any schoolwork. And I was like, what Terrifying. is Terrifying. Terror. Like, am I even a student? Like, Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. My life is ruined. <laughs> right? I'll never get into college at this rate. <laughs> right. Well, I sobbed about that for, like, hours. So. Oh, I believe that, too. And that makes it more sad. <laughs> oh, 
So, obviously, we've talked about a lot of problems so far. Um, so I wanted to make some more time to brainstorm solutions. Mm -hmm. I, in the long term, I'm hoping for a cultural shift, obviously, but that can't happen without the actions of individuals. So yeah. what are some things that teachers can do or things that you've seen teachers do that can help? There's definitely so many solutions out there. It's hard for me to know because I'm from the student perspective and not a teacher. But mm -hmm. from what I've seen and like what I would like to see is just less, I mean, less pressure on a test, mm. possibly not as many. I know that this is all very hard to format into a curriculum, especially if you're run by College Board. But mm. in, in particular, one of my classes that I really enjoy is the teacher gives very minimal tests. And when we have them, there's no rule on retake or what, what you can do to improve your grade because they, all teachers say, I care about you. And I'm like, well, if you care about me, then you care about my grade. Because really and truly, that's what I'm working for in high school. As much as I hate to admit that, like, I wish it weren't that way. Mm -hmm. That is what I care about at this moment. Mm -hmm. So if you care about me, you care about my grade. And I'm going to put in the work to figure out what I did wrong. But I don't think that, like, my grade needs to be penalized on it. Because then it's like, I feel like a bad person. I feel like, I oh, mm -hmm. I didn't spend enough time. I mean, I study for tests for like six hours. And if I do bad, I'm like... I could have done more and I, I could have done I, I could have studied for seven hours right like it's just such a perpetual t circle of like okay study do bad cry about it try to do better like mm -hmm. and, and it just can't be that way so I think that teachers really need to understand that like students aren't doing bad because they want to do bad like they're mm -hmm. trying if they're willing to put in the extra time to try harder to understand what they did wrong or mm -hmm. to make amends for that like mm -hmm. I think that that needs to be acceptable for test grades like I just, I think waiting, because teachers can pick their waiting, I don't think tests need to be weighted as much. Also, like, why spend your time preparing us for a test that, like, if we pass or fail, it doesn't have a huge impact on your future? Like, spend mm -hmm. the time teaching the content that you think we'll find interesting or that is important for our future to know. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. that's, those one, would be the solutions. <laughs> uh, one of the questions that I hear a lot in, in like, preparation for tests is, what's going to be on this? Or, like, you ask me, like, every week, was the <laughs> is the test more like the quiz or more like the, the the AP classroom or more like the homework? Yeah. Because we aren't worried about whether we learned the content or not. We're mm -hmm. worried about the like specific details yeah. of this test, how this test is going to work and how we can beat the test at its own game. One of my teachers has approached this in a in a different way and I'm not he hasn't explained why, but I should ask him. He mm -hmm. just doesn't give tests. And he gives oh. everybody a 100 on every single assignment. Oh, wow. Provided they turn it in. Okay, I have a similar experience with one of my teachers currently. Not like a straight 100, but we also don't have tests. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, it has saved my mental health. However, I will say, do I pay attention as much? No. And that may be because I just the subject matter isn't my preference like I'm not very interested in the topics sure it is hard to know then like what makes it so that students are paying attention like because right now I'm like oh my god like this is going to be on the test I need to study this prepare this this needs to be ingrained mm -hmm. in my memory which like is that healthy no will I ever need it again no so I think it, there's a fine line between like testing making people feel as though they need to make sure they understand that information mm -hmm. and and then taking that to a level too far well I think that that I, I've also seen that problem that you are describing with people feeling that they don't have to pay attention in a class where they're not working on a test. And mm -hmm. I think that is not something that is permanent. I yeah. think that we have been told that if something isn't on the test, it doesn't matter. 
And so if there right. aren't tests for a class, the class doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And if that can be not that, <laughs> right? then it isn't going to be a problem. Right. I mean, that comes down to, are you taking the classes you like? Because in the one sure. class I don't have tests in, I that is like a required class. There's no way I could have gotten out of it. And sure. I just... I mean, it's not my affinity. I don't, I don't really enjoy the topic. I'm not going to, like, spend my time on that. But um, in the classes that I spoke about earlier that has minimal tests but, like, provides retakes and stuff, I'm not worried. I mean, I don't think about the tests until the night before, and even then I don't really study for it, which is so surprising to me because I'm such a, like, a worry wart. And I'm yeah. like, oh, got to do everything to prepare. But it's truly just because I find the information just interesting like it's something that i am considering pursuing in the future like i just mm -hmm. enjoy that content so i'm not thinking about oh gosh like this is gonna be on the test i gotta study it like i'm right. just like whoa that's so interesting like, man look into it's it. It's so clear to me how much I've been affected by this because when you said uh, I don't think about the test until the night before and even then I don't even study I got <laughs> scared I was like what why what do you don't you care about this class yeah and the answer is yes and that's why and you know what's crazy is I'm I've always been you know I just told you I study for six hours for every test what's crazy is. I don't, I, I mean, I study, obviously, I like make study guides, but I'm not like, I don't spend six hours studying for these tests and I do well. And the reason is because I'm so interested in the material in class. It's just there. I mean, it's just in my brain. I've like absorbed it because I think it's interesting. And, it's and you're not worried I, about it. Right. It's so fine. I'm just like, oh, whatever happens, happens. But right. I'm pretty sure I know it because I like this class. Right. And it's it's a mental thing. Like you don't mm -hmm. it's almost like you don't have to take a test in order to understand the material. <laughs> right. Almost. Dude. I don't know. That seems like kind of a radical idea to me. <laughs> but my teacher who doesn't give tests, he seems to be able to judge whether or not we're learning just fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have like written assignments and stuff. Uh, we, yeah. we, we read a lot in that class and we mm -hmm. respond to it in writing. And at least in my experience, he reads them all and gives very detailed or at least a little bit of comments on on the assignment mm -hmm. and he uses that to gauge how much we're paying attention how much yeah. we value the class what we all want out of the class he seems to be doing just fine without testing us on the material yeah and, and everyone's say... grade is doing great because he also <laughs> so takes good. late work oh, love that I, I will love say this, this man. So... I love this man so much. He's making my life so much easier, and I'm also learning more from this class than I have ever learned in any class ever in my whole life. Dang, this is like incredible. I know. Gosh, I'm jealous. Wish it were me. Um, <laughs> no, I. This is so hard because this is coming from two, you know, straight A like AP students. But... I know it's very difficult. My, yeah. I'm having a lot of cognitive dissonance in this conversation. Yeah, because I, I, I just keep thinking back to people who need that test score or like they just don't pay attention and they're good test takers and so is is what we're talking about like no tests and they can just tell is that really fair and understandable to everybody it, it's very it's a very difficult conversation to like think about every single side of the story and then again if you have a learning disability like testing isn't fair to you it just goes to show how you can't have a one-size-fits-all format of education yes because one size does not fit all right. and Standardized testing is, uh, for lack of a better word, bad. There isn't a, there isn't one thing you can do to replace it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't need replacement. Mm -hmm. If those students who are surviving school because they can get through a class 
without having to pay much attention that's a survival tactic and they're doing it for a reason if they were actually Mm -hmm. interested in the material and it was presented in an engaging way without putting pressure on the tests as the only thing that matters maybe those students would figure out that something else matters other than the test and they Mm -hmm. would able they would be able to engage with content that they enjoy without being like oh well the test is the only thing that matters so and i can do fine on that so i'll just phone it in because nothing else about this matters right you know it's bad for everybody even the people who are really good test takers like i can phone it in 30 35 percent of the time (laughs) and do just fine and in those classes sometimes i'm like well it doesn't really matter i'll do fine on the test whether i care where i whether i pay attention today or, Mm -hmm. or not if I didn't think all that matters is that I do fine on the test, maybe I would yeah. find other value in those classes. Right. I truly don't think that they're good representation of course material or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that I can point my fingers at every near failing test grade I've ever had and tell you exactly what was going on with me yep. that day yep. goes to show that it like a grade does not reflect how much I understood like this 66 on this math test I had a pretty rough panic attack 30 seconds after I Mm -hmm. hit start on the test but it's timed Mm -hmm. so I had to just take it right the test definitely they just show more your mental physical state and also like people would do better on the ACT if they have a tutor because they figured out the tactics and like it's not even testing intelligence then that's testing have you like I mean done practice to questions because they're all the same so it's like I yes tests are so like they're not even testing your intelligence at that point because I agree I can point to every single bad test grade and be oh I didn't sleep for two days before I took this test and I just had to take it because I I mean there's no way around that so yeah there's and so it, many yeah it's hard for my brain because that sounds like an excuse yes but right and then when I tell my parents that I'm like oh my gosh no it's me I'm sorry I did bad on this test because I just don't know what I'm doing right and it's it sounds like an excuse for a personal failure and a a bad Mm -hmm. test grade is not a personal failure and that is something I'm having a really hard time internalizing oh I definitely can't internalize it yeah right but a bad test grade is not a personal failure and the reason that you got a bad test grade even if that reason is I didn't study enough Mm -hmm. it's fine yeah you're you're good you don't have to beat yourself up you don't have to think oh i should have done better and that's such a difficult it's just a stupid number it doesn't mean anything it has no reflection on you at all i mean in the grand scheme of things it doesn't even affect you or anything for real and that's so difficult to accept for Mm -hmm. sure especially people who their whole life is school like you said missing out on all high school experience for that and then Mm -hmm. you you miss out what like a football game on a friday because you're studying for a test and then you fail the test like what was it all for then like what was it all for then it's just an endless cycle of you're not doing good enough but there's no way that you can gain back anything that you've lost because you're trying so hard like uh Mm -hmm. i went to the planetarium the other week right before i had a test on a weekend Mm -hmm. bro i was like well this test is insignificant i'm insignificant i don't care about anything anymore (laughs) 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 good good well you need a healthy dose of existentialism Yep, I was like, the galaxy isn't real. Um, we all live in this like microchasm of like nothingness. Yeah, my individual being isn't gonna do anything. This test means absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't nothing matters. Everything. So if you wanna, and they have wonder a, why Gen yeah. Z doesn't care about anything. Thank you for joining me, Hallie. What's next for you? In terms of what is next, obviously I'm planning on graduating high school. Um, Fingers crossed. And then, yeah, and then going to a four-year college. I'm not sure which one yet. I still have six more to hear back from. Uh, you want to talk about overdoing it? I applied to seventeen, so love myself. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, 
Um, so I'm six more to hear back from, and I'm very excited to try something new and be on my own. After that, I'm probably going to continue to pursue education through master's or doctorate. We'll see. But Is that in your little, your your academic plan Google Doc from seventh yeah. grade? Heck yeah, you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Elevator pitch has been there forever. I am planning to graduate yep. high school and attend a four-year <laughs> university before moving on to a graduate or doctorate degree. Indeed. It's like in quotation marks at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, asked, no. repeat this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Basically. But that's, I mean, that's the long run. In the short run, I'm so ready to just enjoy my summer and relax. <laughs> Thank you, Hallie. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to Fast Facts for Gen Z. Thanks to Hallie for making time in her busy schedule to come on this week. You can find other episodes we mentioned today wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find transcripts of every episode at www.fastfactsforgenz.wordpress.com. This is Callie, signing off.